Hi everyone, welcome to All Things Creative. I'm your host, Linda Riesenberg Fissler. And today I'm really, really excited because um, I actually, when I first wrote my first book, uh, Blind Influence, I signed up for one of this gentleman's um, conferences that he had online and helped me get a lot of things in my mind about art mark, uh, uh, book marketing, excuse me, being an author in general. He had a really inspiring and uh, great talk about, and, and we're gonna talk about this, um, I think it was like 13 things that you should be doing to be um, successful or something like that. And we'll, we'll go over that in a second. Jim has, Jim knows all about that better than I do. So Jim Kukrell, right? Did I say your name right, Jim? Got it. Okay, great. So welcome to All Things Consider or con Creative. I knew I was going to do that one of these days. Um, welcome oh. to All Things Creative. And um, I have a little bio up here on the screen. But Jim, I really prefer that you tell us uh, what you're up to now and a little bit about yourself. Well, I'm an author and the online entrepreneur. I've been working for over 20 years in the internet business space. So I've owned big companies. I've owned small companies. And I've written over 10 nonfiction books, and I run my own internet businesses now. And I've kind of taught, I've taught for the University of San Francisco's internet marketing program. I do consulting. I do all kinds of stuff. If it has anything to, related to do with building online businesses and marketing and writing and publishing content, I've probably had my fingers in it. Yeah, and I'm going to ask you an embarrassing question because I really didn't follow this, but you also ran for council, right, in your city? Yes, I am actually a former politician. How about that? <laughs> yeah, so that adds a little bit into it too, doesn't it? <laughs> I was a, a one-term city councilman in a small town of 11,000 homes. Oh, okay. Well, I bet that was a an interesting experience. But that's a whole that's yeah, a whole, that's a whole other thing. Yeah, <laughs> we aren't going to go there. We're going to stick with book no. marketing and and all that, that that good stuff. So I'm going to pop up a screen here that has uh, all your books on it while we talk a little bit about um, basically the start with the author marketing uh, website that you have and I'll pop up that a little bit later when we get into the conversation but what started you into this this path that you took about working with authors and trying to help them get um, you know successful well you know it's really interesting because you know in most people's lives when you have an experience that kind of leads you into the next thing and you learn uh, that first book you're seeing on the screen attention this book will make you money mm -hmm. was a book I wrote eight years ago for it was my only still only traditionally published book I published it through Wiley and Sons mm -hmm. and in the process of writing that book and working with the publisher I realized one really important fact that you still have to do all of the marketing on your own when you write a book and the traditional publishers don't really do much of anything for you. Um, so I got frustrated and I said, wow, you know, what about somebody who doesn't know how to do marketing or doesn't want to know how to do marketing? If you've written a book on uh, vampire romance, <laughs> you're not a marketer like me. I've been doing this a long time. I kind of figured it out how to market my book. And most people who write books have no idea. So I created a site called authormarketingclub.com, which is a tools and training site that helps and assists people who write books to learn about the business of how to market their books. So I took an opportunity, uh, an experience I had, and turned it into uh, something that is a business. Yeah, that, it, it, and you do a great job at that um, and, and coaching authors and creatives to do things. And, and I came from 
uh, you know, an interesting background because I'm an artist and I'm also an author. So my audience is that it's listening is a combination of artists and authors. And I started when you started talking about how you worked with a traditional um, company first to get published your first book, the attention book. Um, I was sitting in and you said that they didn't do much marketing for you. I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, you know, I'm in a couple galleries and they're great where they're at. They're local. You know, marketing is great. But on a national level, depending on the mar on the gallery, it may not be. So it's the same kind of thing where, you know, you have to basically toot your own horn, right? Yes. So in today's world, you know, if you're a musician, an artist, whatever it is, you are going to have to generate your own audience. Um, the old romantic dream, let's just take book publishing, yeah. or you could use this for anything. You could mm -hmm. use this for radio. Let's use radio as an example. Mm -hmm. The romantic dream of getting your album published and then getting someone to play it on the radio station and you become famous overnight, those things don't exist any longer right. um, because the world has changed. Now, it's good news in my perspective. Uh, because now everyone has the opportunity to be successful. I don't care if you're doing music, art, whatever it is, book publishing, whatever you're doing, you have the opportunity to reach millions and millions of people at your fingertips if you put the effort in. The problem is, is that there's still a lot of people who are still living with that old romantic dream. You know, like they, they type up their manuscript, they put it in a box and they send it out to the publisher and then they get a letter and it says, congratulations, we're going to publish you and put you in every bookstore in the world and you're going to be famous. Well, the problem is, is that like one out of, you know, a million people that happens to. Right. And, and but that's why it's the old romantic dream of the way things used to be. And, and what I like to tell people is once you get that out of your head and stop thinking that that's going to happen because um, it's probably not going to, uh, then you can move forward and you can learn how to be successful creating your art. Right. And, and it's really kind of interesting, too, because if you're already famous, you know, like uh, I'm thinking about John Oliver and his book <laughs> that he put out in front of uh, Mike Pence's book, and we're not going to get into politics, but <laughs> just, you know, that these are two really famous people and they have a traditional publisher and they're already out there in front of a lot of people. So, you know, yeah, that's, that's, the old, that's the old dream, more or less. Yeah, but they, but, but not really in, 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 in the sense that they have a platform. Exactly. So that's one's true. a vice president and the other one's got a television show that reaches millions and millions of people. Right. So, you know, if you look at the middle book in this, in this uh, screenshot, the Go Direct book, which uh -huh. is the last book I actually wrote, which is really what, if anyone wanted to go get a copy of that book, you can go to GoDirectBook.com. And you can actually get it for free, and you can, or you can pay what you want. It's a very short book, but this is the book for artists. For, I don't care if you're a musician, an artist, an author, whatever it is. This mm -hmm. is the book for artists. It tells you how to reach out to your fans and you know build that platform. Because if you don't do it, your competitors, somebody, other musician, some other artist, somebody else is eating your lunch right now. Okay. I'm telling you that. Go ahead. I was just, I'm circling it. It's this yeah. book right here. <laughs> Some, I mean, here's the, here's the unfortunate part of dealing with people who consider themselves artists. Um, and I know lots of artists and I love artists. The problem is, is that a lot of people still are going by the, well, I'm an artist. I'm not a marketer and I refuse to market. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, 
if you want to have success in today's world, you have to break free of that mindset. And you don't have to become the spammy, over-the-top, used car salesperson stuff, but you do have to put an effort and an attempt to go out there and actually tell people about what you do. If you don't, you know, your chances of having any sort of success uh, are very slim. Yeah, and we're, we're going to get to those 13 points that you talked about on your, your conference here in a second. But um, when I was listening to you, it, it's, you know, it's very, very, you can go along with them. I'm kind of like tripping over about 20 thoughts in my head right now. Sorry. Um, but one of the things that I was thinking about is when you were talking is, you know, that's, that's a lot of work. We have to create the book or the, the painting or the piece of music. And then we have to market that and, and we have to build our platforms and, you know, get our tribe to follow us. And, it, you know, I mean, that's like an end, never ending list really, but, and, and I always am um, kind of amazed because everybody says, oh, writing a book is so hard. To me, that's the easy part. Yep. Yep. The hard part to me, for me, and you can probably add to this, is building that author platform, doing that marketing, um, it, getting that tribe to follow me, trying to find the people who are going to enjoy my book uh, or my painting, well, right? Well, let's get into it because, okay. Great. you know, as an artist, and again, a musician, artist, TV personality, YouTube person, author, whatever it is, you know, it's never been easier than in the history of the world. And that is true. I agree to, with that. To reach people, right? The opportunity is there. The question is, how bad do you want it? Right. And before I get into the 13 reasons you're not as successful as you should be, I just want to give you, like, you know, an example. In this Go Direct book I wrote, mm -hmm. you know, I give many examples of musicians and authors and people who who use the power of the tools they have available for them today to make a name for themselves. You know, um, you know, there are plenty of comedians who are building careers off of now podcasts, but before videos uh, on YouTube, there are musicians, a uh, Macklemore made a name for himself and got a big time record deal based off the, uh, uh, the, the, the music that he would put out, online right and just mm -hmm. built this huge fan base and that's what i want to talk about is these 1000 true fans yeah and if, if you've never heard of that before i want you to I, re I write about it in my book go direct but i want you to do a google search after the show for 1000 true fans and i want you to read up on it and i'll give you the basic summary of that the concept is as an artist as a creator you can build an entire lifetime career on 1000 true fans and a true fan is somebody who will drive three hours in a snowstorm to see you play your music. A true fan is somebody who will see a new piece of art that you've released and will immediately say, I have to have it because it's uh, an artist that I already love. It's, it's that type of person. And if you can create 1,000 of those people, you've created an automatic uh, place, a uh, group of people who will always buy from you without question, and here's the best part, they'll evangelize for you mm -hmm. because what's the first thing they're going to say is, oh, my God, Linda's got a new book coming out. Her last one was so awesome. I got to tell everybody in the world about it on Facebook and Twitter, and I'm going to tell my friends. And so work on creating one your 1,000 true fans. You may only get 
50 of them the first year. You may end up only getting 100, but building those 1,000 true fans is really the key to building a career as an artist. Yeah, and that's so true, and that's a great reminder because I remember hearing that um, from you earlier on and and where I am right now in my head <laughs> and, and where I'm trying to cultivate those 1,000 you know, I need to stop and think about how far I've come in the, you know, three years that I've started writing. I've been painting for 20 years. You know, I've only been writing novels for three years. So if I put that in perspective, I think that, you know, I shouldn't be so hard on myself considering but where I am. About, so, but if you're listening to this right now, think about all mm -hmm. the people that, whether it's an artist, a musician or whatever, that you're one of those true fans of. And right. Like, I'm a huge fan of James Clavell books. I believe James Clavell is dead. But if, you know, James Clavell released something from the grave, I would buy it without question. <laughs> I, if it was $40 on Kindle, I would go, click the buy button. That's what a yeah. true fan is. And those are the people you need to cultivate. And when you start thinking in terms of marketing along those lines, instead of I have to reach a million people, no. You need to reach the people who love what you do and then nurture those relationships and use the online tools you have available today to do that, and you will continue to be successful. Okay, so uh, before I click off the screen, is there any other book here that you'd like to tell us about and, and direct us uh, to, like you do with GoDirect? GoDirectBook.com, grab a copy, read that real quick. Again, you can get it for free or you can pay what you want. Um, attention is still my magnum opus it's uh, a great book about learning how to uh, drive attention for your business not you know cheap salesy used car sales used car salesman stuff but how about build your brand online those two books are really powerful and then of course my business around the lifestyle books which is all about building a business around the lifestyle you want those are very popular as well okay so let's get into because we're kind of doing it we were kind of getting into the author marketing uh, work that you've been doing and um, author marketing club and, and things like that. So um, I think this is a good time where we start talking about as well as what you shared on the conference. Are you, do you have a conference coming up, by the way? I do. We're, we're doing one in Chicago on May 4th, 5th, and 6th called the Sell More Book Show Summit. Okay. And it's a, only a 150-person conference. We're almost getting ready to sell out here. So if you want to check it out, just go to sellmorebookshow.com slash summit. We'd love to see you there. Okay, great. I, I knew one's come up because I follow you on Facebook and I saw saw the messages. So I want to make sure that we got that in there as well. So let's let's talk a little bit. You you did one online. You had a bunch of uh, authors come on and talk to us about all the various ways. But I took a whole you know composition notebook full of notes that I go back to and look at time and time again uh, to remind myself to go and do some things. But the one thing that I really appreciated and we had fun. Um, doing was the the 13 successful tips i think it was yeah, you just said it. yeah. All the 13 reasons you're not as successful as you should be and it's probably one of the it's it is the most viral piece of content i've ever written it's been syndicated all over the internet and uh it's gotten a really great uh response i actually did a small conference where i presented it as well and you know we just talk about i mean the, these are life lessons that I've learned, and it's tough love stuff. So, so I'll just yeah. kind of go through some of them. Yeah, that'd be great. You know, number one reason you're not as successful as you should be, you know, sorry, is laziness. You know, there, there's really no easy way to put it. Um, every single successful person that you know who, you know, didn't inherit money or was born into it 
work their butts off to get where they are. And it's okay to be lazy, but you just have to admit it and, and stop whining about not being rich and successful. You know, again, this is tough love stuff, mm -hmm. but sometimes people need to hear these things. Right. You know, I want you to look around at every single successful person that you know, who's like really doing well and throw out the, the, you know, thing that, that says, oh, the only reason they're doing well is luck. Most likely it's not because of that. It's because they worked their butts off and you have to make that decision in your head. Do you want to do that or don't you? Right. Um, also talk about fear. You know, another reason you're not as successful as you should be, fear of failure. You know, to be successful as an artist or an entrepreneur, uh, you have to get over that fear of failure in today's world. You know, there's never been a greater time in the history of the world to be able to go out there and expose what you're doing and put it out in front of people. And if you're really worried about what they're going to say, especially as a creator, as an artist, <laughs> then, you know, you're in a bad place in your head and you're not going to have success. I also talk about uh, negative negativity, removing those negative people from your life. Um, stop thinking so hard and just start doing stuff. You know, the, the uh, paralysis by analysis thing mm -hmm. when you just, like, Oh, I got to figure out how to put this website up and I got to research it for six months to figure it out. No, just go build something, use a free tool online, build something, put it up. If it doesn't work, try it, try it another way. You know, the whole fear, the whole analysis of things you need to do to figure it out, do it perfect. The right, the first time is, you know, honestly against the whole artist mindset in my opinion right you know i also talk about they you know you, you say well these people are keeping me from being successful or these people are you know stopping me or whatever there is no they there's no there's no secret group of people that control your success or your failure um you know so it's stuff like that you know right. wasting your time on social media wasting your time <laughs> watching television uh playing video games you know how many people have i met that are like, Jim, how do I start a success successful business? And I go, how many TV shows do you watch a week and how many video games do you play? And, and the guy's like, well, I usually watch about two hours of TV every night and then I play video games for an hour. I said, really? Okay, so what would it take for you to stop watching television and or maybe cut out the hour of video games and learn how to build a website or write a chapter of your book instead? And they say, well, Jim, that's that's I don't want to do that. Okay, well, then you don't want to have the opportunity that your competitors and everyone else has. It's it's really up to you. And and, and when I do this presentation, I, I don't want to come off as preachy because some people are like, ah, quit quit preaching at me, Jim. You know, <laughs> quit telling me all the things I don't want to hear. But at the end of the day, that's really what it comes down to. I mean, do you want to be successful or don't you? Because it's never been easier to to have success if you want it. You know, what's your pain level? I talk about that in many of my books. What's your pain level when you go into the hospital for a, I had a kidney stone several years ago and I walked into the hospital. And the first thing the nurse said to me was, what's your pain level? One to 10. And I said, 11. <laughs> right? When somebody, if you ask me right now what my pain level is of having a real job where I'm not self-employed and I would say a 12 yeah. and I work my butt off so that I don't have to have that real job. So What's your pain level? And you got to decide where you want, you know, how, how, how painful is it? You may love having your real job. Your pain level might be real low. So you're like, ah, well, if I love this, why do I need to work so hard to get out of it? Start thinking in those terms. Yeah. Great coaching. Yeah. Appreciate that. So um, 
I, one of the things that you were talking about, about social media and being online, you know, to, to build that tribe and things like that. I mean, you know, if you look around, most people aren't on, on social media very long. I, I've done a meaning amount of time they spend each day to promote themselves or what they're doing or anything like that. But it's not like you have to hang on there for six or seven hours. I remember when we, when you we were at the, at the conference and you said that when I was like, Oh my God, I just checked Facebook <laughs> in the middle of the conference. It was like, it was a real eye opening experience for me to say, you know, you don't need to be on here every second of the day. And well, you, you know, know, there are on. things you can do about that if you want to, for example, I know mm -hmm. lots of authors who have deleted Facebook from their phone. Um, they just delete the app it from so that they don't even have the opportunity to check it. Right. Um, I know people who use online tools that will block out Facebook and other apps and even email that will block them from you being able to use them for a period of time. Like you'd say, hey, look, block email, Facebook, Twitter, and whatever else for the next three hours and don't let me use them until that time's up. And then it kind of forces you to have to, you know, say, all right, I'm going to write my book today, or I'm going to create some music or do whatever I, I have to do. And everyone's got to make that own decision in your head. But if you really sit down and think about how much time you play video games and watch TV and check social media, and then realize um, how much time you're wasting, right? you know, you, you're really going to blow your mind. Yeah, I, I actually, if I can plug one of my books, I actually have a book out there called Time, Time you know, how are you oh. wasting your time, basically? And it's all about time management. And um, I, I developed the book because I was working with a group of kids, kids meaning, you know, 18 to 25-year-olds. And we were teaching customer service. I was teaching customer service to them. And we got into a discussion about, you know, time at one point. So I pulled this old tool, tool out that I used to use in my corporate life and said, okay, well, let's let's do this. And had them mark down what they do from the time they get up to the time they go to bed, and how much time they spend doing that. And I, I encouraged them to take them take the take a little chart home and fill it out as they were going through the day. And it was amazed they were amazed to fill out, find out how much time they actually wasted, where they could be doing something that was more constructive, that would have got them to where they wanted to be in their life at that time. So it, I ended up writing this, just a real little quick little book out there and people that have listened to me know what that is. So I'm not gonna spend too much more time on it, but it is amazing if you go through that, I mean, just even in your head without not marking it down like a diary count or a dietary thing, but you know, just in your head going, well, I spend this much time here and I do this much time at dinner and I watch this much TV. And then it's like, wow, these are times when I could be creative. So. It, it is eye-opening when you really stop and think about how much time you waste in a day. Well, here's here's the counter argument to the person listening right now who's saying, Jim, Linda, quit telling, <laughs> quit telling me that I have to stop using Facebook or I have to stop playing video games. Right. Here's the counter argument. Okay. Fine. I'll stop telling you that. That's no problem. But here's what's happening right now. Your competitor who's writing a similar book to you, your musician friend who is creating music, uh, your artist friend who's creating art, who are all competing with you, whether you like it or not, one of those people right now is, is not playing video games. One of those people right now is figuring out how to get a, an art show or get booked at a gig or get their book out to people. And again, how bad do you want it? So 
you know, if, if at the end of the day, it's on you. Yeah. Do you, um, do you have any advice as far as, um, talking about like networking? Because I know you network with a lot of folks and, you know, how, how you set up basically a network of people that you work with on, on the author side and just how powerful is that networking tool? Do you think? Well, I do. A lot of authors are introverts mm -hmm. and they have a really big problem with networking with people. Um, and a lot of musicians sometimes are introverts as well. I don't see how they could be if they're on stage, but um, if you're an introvert, you know, it's very difficult, but if you're not an introvert, you know, using tools to reach out to people, social media, uh, I didn't have that when I first started in this business. Even when attention came out eight years ago, you know, Facebook wasn't a, such a big deal. Right. Um, social media wasn't such a big deal. Uh, now you have the opportunity to use these online tools to build networks of people and collect email addresses and build your fan base. And those are the things that everybody needs to be doing. Um, the problem is, is that a lot of people see these as tools, as ways of just blasting information. Like, hey, my new book came out, so let me go to Facebook and just tell everybody about it, and I'll be a millionaire. Uh, it doesn't work, right? I right. mean, you walk into a Super Bowl party you were invited to, and you just walked up to every single person during the party and said, hey, let me tell you about my new book or my new business. You'd never get invited back to that business <laughs> or to that party. Right, you can't do the same thing on social media, even though that it seems like that's the way to go. It's about building relationships. Build a Facebook group, you know, about your niche, about the type of music. Do you write, uh, you know, Christian rock punk band music? Build a Facebook group called Christian rock punk band, you know, discussion, and start aggregating people in there and talk about that genre and talk about the music and start building relationships with other musicians. And own that group. And, you know, and then, of course, you know, every once in a while say, hey, look, I've released an album. Do you, what do you guys think? You know, it's an, it's not a place to build an audience so you can just spam them with your your content is what I'm saying. Right. Right. Yeah. It's it's amazing. Um, if, uh, in an artist's point of view, when we post pictures of work in progress or the finished work or things like that, just, we tend to get a lot of discussion and, and talk uh, about that painting. People comment on it. Um, you know, and when I'm doing that, I'm not asking them to buy. I'm just asking them to look at the painting, you know, so there's like a, a big learning difference there where, you know, okay, so I post my book and, and yeah, I may get a few likes if I have the book cover up and, and things like that. But, you know, it's a total, there's some differences there. There's, there's a subtlety of, um, you know, sharing things versus like you said, hitting them over the head with a hammer saying, buy this. <laughs> so there's an artist that I follow on Facebook. I'm trying to remember the name. I've never bought anything from her because it's frankly just too expensive for me. But mm -hmm. I follow her on Facebook and she posts new stuff all the time and I see it and I'm like, wow. Yeah. Right. If I ever became independently wealthy beyond my means where I could just like buy very expensive art, I would absolutely buy one of her pieces like that. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, but I do follow her because I really appreciate the art. Yeah. And you know, that's, I'm, I'm not a true fan in the sense that, cause I can't afford it, but I am a true fan in the sense that I really like what she does. Great. Well, let's, um, let's talk about you. You've got something new coming up and uh, that's your book to pod. So tell us how this came about, what the thought process that brought you to this and, and what book to pod is. Book to pod is 
basically taking your book and turning it into a podcast. So let's say you've written a 40 chapter nonfiction book on, you know, whatever on real estate for social media agents. Okay. So what you want to do when you create a really signature piece of content, like a book is distribute that across multiple mediums. Um, one of the ways you can do that is create an audiobook. You can create video version of your book if you really wanted to. There's things you can, you could write. You could take every one of your uh, chapters and turn them into blog posts or whatever. What Book to Pod does is we take your book and we transform it into a podcast. And if you don't know about the power of podcasts today, you should really look into it because if you're not doing a podcast, if um, you re should really be doing one because it's exploding. It's a gigantic market. The, the devices that everyone has in their pockets nowadays allow people to want to listen to content in audio form. So what Book to Pod does is we take your book and we transform it into a multi-episode podcast, but we use the power of computer-generated voices to do it. And here's why. Because it's much cheaper. For example, if you were going to uh, we took Mary Shelley's Frankenstein and it, you know, to, to hire a voice narrator to read that as an audiobook or to read it as chapters of a book in a podcast would probably cost 10 to $20,000. Okay. So, but if for a thousand, what we can do is have computer generated voices actually generate that book quickly and actually upload it online as a podcast. So it's a pretty cool thing. Go check it out. Hmm. Try the test drive on the site at book2pod.com and you can actually hear what your book sounds like uh, generated as a computer. It's, it's better than you think, believe me. And I'm telling you this right now, within a year or very close to that, these voices are going to sound almost identical to humans. The technology is getting that good. Yeah, yeah, it's really kind of interesting because first I saw your book to pod, um, which ended up with with having you come on to the to my show. Heard you know, we talked a little bit about this, and and then um, right after that, I had an author contact me who decided to go do podcasts, but she didn't want to go find you know other people to be on the podcast, and she was really kind of trying to figure out what it is she wanted to do, so she just started reading her book. And, yeah. you know, and then she ended up turning around and, and when it came out in paperback, people or in ebook, people were buying it and, and all of this. So I, I actually invited her on the podcast. She's going to be talking about how she did that. Um, her name is Mary Castillo and, and she'll be on a little bit later in, in April. And then there was something else that came up um, that was like right in line with this. It was just a, another thing of, yeah, being a podcaster, where is where it needs to be right now is where you need to be right now. Um, it was real, it was like, I don't know, the heavens hitting me over the head or something saying, get back online. So, cause I used to, I have been podcasting for about four years now and, um, you know, so, and I had taken a little bit of a break and, and I was like, yeah, well, I guess I got to get back out there because it, it really is exploding. Um, well, the audience is there and, yeah. you know, over, according to Apple, over 10 billion pot billion podcast episodes were consumed on its devices alone in 2016. Wow. 10 billion. Wow. Okay. And that's just on Apple, not on Android and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. 68 million Americans tune in monthly to podcasts. That's one in four of every American. Right. Okay. 65% wow. just started listening in the last three years. And here's a really cool one. The retention rate of auditory learning is two times that of reading. So if you're writing, if you're doing a nonfiction uh, content, people are actually retaining that information much better than they are if you're actually writing it. So 
it, it, the podcast it, and there's just there's this amazing built-in gigantic audience of people who are listening to podcasts who are craving content so mm -hmm. if you're writing or producing a business or a book in any type of genre there's an audience for that exists out there so why wouldn't you take what you have already and transform it and put it online for free that you so you can use it to generate leads for your business or your book right yeah and it, an interesting thing that i had had a guy that has started a business based on linking podcasts up with guests and and he was saying um he was at a, a conference and somebody came up and said yeah i tried podcasting once i only had like 50 listeners so i quit and and Andrew came back and said, if you could get 50 people in a room, would you do it to listen to you? Would you do it? And the guy goes, well, yeah. And he goes, well, then why did you quit? You know, so, right. and he was saying like somewhere around the 200 to 300 listeners is about average for a podcast uh, audience. And I was just blown away because, I mean, I've got like, I had 2000 artists listening to me when I was interviewing artists. And, and at one point I had 26,000 downloads of one episode. So, right. it, you know, yeah, I mean, it's, and, and again, I, that ever since Andrew painted that picture of people in a room for, you know, that would come into a room and listen to you, it, it's really changed how I approach, you know, podcasting. And then hearing the stats that you've just said, you know, is another, um, another reason to keep doing this, I guess. <laughs> so. Well, every, you know, we'll go back to that romantic dream, you know, right. everybody wants the instant success of, uh, oh boy, it's going to be great when I release my new gallery uh, artist show and, you know, everyone in town is going to come and everyone's going to buy, you know, mm -hmm. if you don't nurture that and you may only have 40 people show up, but you know, how many people are going to be, uh, attentive and actually purchase and become fans and everything. Yeah. And that's the mindset you have to have. It's never been easier to reach these people. So go out there and do it. And podcasting is a great way to do it. And I don't care what genre or niche or whatever it is you do. Podcasting is amazing. Yeah. So we may have skimmed over a little bit of author marketing club. Let's, let's step back a little bit. What, what are some of the services that you offer as part of the AMC? Well, we're a tools and training site, so we don't do actual marketing for people. We're not an agency. You know, I, mm -hmm. I've actually yet to find a marketing agency for books that I would recommend because it, book marketing is extremely difficult. So hiring a publicist or somebody to market your book, in my opinion, could, can be really a big waste of time and money. Um, now, I'm sure there are good publicist and book marketing people out there who do it, but I just can't recommend anyway. What we do at Author Marketing Club is we give you tools and training. So we'll help you figure out, you know, we have all kinds of courses about how to sell your books in India and how to do dragon dictation software and uh, how to market your book for the holidays and how to sell the first 100, 3,000 or 1,000 copies of your book. And, you know, we've got tons of great content. We've got tools like the reviewer grabber system which allows you to go out and find books find people who have reviewed similar books to yours on on amazon so let's say you wrote a vampire romance book what's the best way to get people to get reviews well of course you could ask friends and family the problem with that is amazon knows that they're your friends and family and they'll delete those reviews so what we found is you should go uh, find other people who have reviewed similar books and ask them if they want to review yours. So our tool goes out and it finds people who have already reviewed vampire romance books 
with good reviews and gives you a list of those people's contact information. That's public information on Amazon. And it gives you the opportunity to then say, hey, I noticed that you left a five-star review for this vampire romance book. I've also written a vampire romance book. And here's, here's a free copy of my book. If you would like to review it, please do. And that is what we found the number one way to actually get tons of quality reviews for your books is by using that method, and that's what that tool does. And we've got other tools in the site as well. So it's, it's a tools and training site. If you are somebody who's written a book who is just really not knowing where to go in terms of what I need to do to market this, uh, you can subscribe with us and we'll help you out. Okay, great. Um, I think, is there anything that we that I've missed that you might want to want to talk about any advice or anything like that um, that you want to get to because I think we're getting kind of to the end of of the podcast right let's talk about let's go back to go direct and I really okay. want who's an artist or a musician to really get grab a copy of that book at godirectbook.com you know there's um, this woman named Amanda Palmer who is a musician and all kinds of stuff. She's, you know, an artist in general. And she has this really great TED talk uh, about the uh, art of asking, I think it's called. Mm -hmm. And uh, I reference it in the book. And I really think you should at least, very least, go to YouTube and search for it and watch it. And she talks about, you know, how she built this, you know, legion of true fans and touring and the ability to ask people for you know success you know she 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 was she was a street performer where she would dress up as one of those you know statue of liberties and stand on the street you know without moving and you know she learned how she needed to ask people who are fans for their support and one of the greatest things that she talks about is creating uh, patrons and i talk about this in the book as well so if you're an artist what you should look into is something called uh, patreon.com and Patreon.com is basically a place where people who want to become patrons of your art, music, books, whatever, can donate, or donate's a bad word, they can help you produce your art. So, for example, uh, there's a girl online named Julia Nunes who's like this uh, internet wonderkind who got famous on YouTube because she made these great uh, ukulele song, cover songs on YouTube. And now she's got albums and all this stuff. You know, she created a Patreon campaign. And every time she posts a new video on YouTube, you know, this was years ago, you know, she's making $4,000 from, you know, 500 people who were each person, one person was giving her a dollar, the other person was giving her $10. Now think about that for a second. As an artist, and you're creating a piece of content, a new piece of art, a music video, a YouTube video, a podcast, a book, whatever. If you had people who were really into what you're doing, and every time you produced a piece of content, you knew you were going to get paid for it, that's a pretty good system. Mm -hmm. And the whole patronage thing goes back to you know hundreds and thousands, probably thousands of years ago. I mean, uh, the Queen of England was Shakespeare's patron. I don't know if a lot of people really realize that. Mm -hmm. You know, this is how the arts used to work back in the day. Right. When you were an artist, you would get a patron, a very wealthy person of nobility or just of wealth, and they would fund you to create your art, whether it was music or plays or writing or whatever it was. And the concept has come back today in terms of the Internet with sites like Patreon, which allow you to go out and find massive amounts of groups of people who can 
patronize you. I mean, we have a, I do a show called the Sell More Book Show, which is a podcast, and we have a Patreon page for our show and people who listen to our show each week. And they come in, and some people give a dollar every week for the show. You know, they could just listen for free if they want. Mm-hmm. But some people are like, I love your show that much that I'm going to give you $5 every time that you upload the show out of the goodness of my heart. So look into the patron patronage aspect of your creationism and your art, because once you get that concept, I think you'll be really surprised how successful you could be. Great. Great advice. Anything else before we wrap up, I think? No, go out there and do stuff. You know, check out my books and uh, download them. Check out Book to Pod and try the test drive if you have a book. Lots of stuff out there. You know, it's really all about how bad do you want it and how successful do you want to be. I mean, the tools and everything is so available for you nowadays as an artist uh, for anything you want to do. And I think if you read some of my books, especially Go Direct Book in this case for this audience, I think you'll be really inspired. Yeah, I, 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 like I said, I, I enjoyed that conference that you did online, and um, I know that took a lot of work to get that going. Um, I don't know if you have any desire to do that again in the near future, but um, well, actually, that whole entire conference is available for free as part of uh, not for free. It's part of the Author Marketing Club membership. So oh, when okay. you subscribe to Author Marketing Club, mm-hmm. you could go in and watch all the videos from Author Marketing Live in there, and they're all recorded. We've got probably you know forty, fifty, you know go in and watch the ones that are pertinent to you. Mm-hmm. you know, maybe instead of playing video games tonight, you know, go that and watch a video and learn about how to sell the first 100 copies of your book or whatever. You know, those are the types of things that you're going to need to do as an artist to really make your way in today's world. Yep, absolutely. Thanks so much, Jim, for being here. And again, your Chicago conference is when and what's it called? It's on um, uh, May 4th, 5th, and 6th in Chicago of 2018, and it's uh, com slash summit, or just go to sellmorebookshow.com, and you'll see the button there. We'd love to have you. We've got a few tickets left, and it's going to be a really intimate, fun two days of learning. Uh, we have a featured dinner on Friday night. We're all getting together, all everyone in one room, and then we're having this really great show for two days, great information learning, great networking. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay. And um, they can, how can folks get in touch with you? Facebook best way or? Uh, Yeah. You know, I, I leave my, I've made my Facebook page just for people I'm personally friends with now. Okay. Um, So, but Facebook's a great way if you just want to send me a message there, but I don't, I don't friend everybody on Facebook anymore because I'm just trying to keep it to my, my groups of uh, close people. Cause I don't want to use Facebook just to look at my friends, kids, pictures and stuff. But um if you want to reach out to me, just just go through Facebook or you can just send me an email to jimkukrell at gmail.com. All right. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate your time and uh, all the advice that you gave us throughout the podcast here. And I uh, just want to real quickly go over for the audience what we got coming up. Um, in, I have an interview with Honoré Quarter. She'll be coming up That's um, next week on the 28th. And then George Gallo is finishing up his uh, movie uh, bigger out in uh, Hollywood, and I have a note into him. I'm hoping that I can get him here on the week of April 2nd, I believe it is, um, because he's in post production and that's winding down the last time I talked to him. And then we're going to talk to Michael Harding and Mary Castillo. And don't forget that I just started up the Blind Series Network podcast where I'll be reading some of the passages of the books. Um, and also coming out on April 3rd is the audiobook for blind influence. So, 
With that in mind, thanks everybody for tuning in. Thanks again, Jim. I appreciate it. And we'll catch you all next time.